Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Welcome to another episode of Play by Players, brought to you by the MLS Players Association. I am the host, Bobby Boswell. Today, we are joined by one of the members of the newest teams in Major League Soccer, St. Louis Soccer Club. He has played over 160 professional games at the ripe young age of 28 years old, with a majority of those games uh, with Canadian side Vancouver. He has won the Canadian Championship. He has MLS experience. He's got MLS playoff experience. He's got CONCACAF Championship experience. He's got USL experience. Please welcome to the podcast, Jake Gerwinski. Uh, thanks for having me. I like how you put the, the ripe young age of 28. I like that. I'll stick well, with see, that. Well, to see, me, to me, you're a young guy, and we get into it a little bit um, in the podcast, but on the, the teams you've been on, um, you know, you you kind of yeah. are, you're a, a young veteran, if, that, if there is such a thing. Yeah, I'm currently the third oldest on St. Louis, which is just absurd to me that 28 is the third oldest now, but... It's all right. I I think it's still young. I'm going to say yeah, it's still young. Yeah, listen, when I played, I played, my favorite story I tell people is I played with Pat Onstad in Houston, uh, who had, we had Danny Cruz on the team. Pat's now a GM. Danny's a coach at um, in, in USL. But Pat was older than Danny Cruz's parents, uh, which is why he said he decided to retire. So he was 43 <laughs> at that point. So when wow. I see, when I see 28 years old, that's young to me. But uh, so enough. I got plenty of time. I'm yeah, there. exactly. You yeah. got a long <laughs> runway ahead of you. We'll probably have yeah. you on again here in about eight years to see where yeah. you're at. But, Perfect. Um, well, look, I normally I normally ask guys um, how they're doing, but with the way that you guys have opened this season, um, I'd have to imagine you're doing great. Uh, we're going to get into UConn. You've got to feel really good. Uh, you probably won some of your pools in terms of, uh, you know, just picking your boys to go all the way. So sometimes, you know, things come together nicely, you have to feel like this is this is maybe a great year for you. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly starting that way. First, yeah, shout out to UConn, another national championship. I was uh, my freshman year at UConn. We actually won it uh, in 2014. So that was an incredible experience. So it's cool to you know see them win it again. But, you know, as as for St. Louis, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say other than this has been a, a dream start for us. Um, you know, I know a lot of a lot of people had doubts, um, which is, I guess, the norm for a new expansion team. Uh, it's an easy thing to say that they're, you know, we're not going to be that good. Um, but I think so far we've proven a lot of people wrong. So it's uh, that's also another little status satisfaction there. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna get a little bit into that later. But um, you know, as a longtime fan of MLS. Um, you know, you, what you guys are doing is is pretty incredible. There's, a, you know, you're breaking records and, um, you know, you really set the bar. And I always joke around and say you don't want to set the bar too high too early. But um, when 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 it's hot, you might as well ride it. So I know you've you've got to be excited about that. Um, let's start. You know, that's where we are now. We're going to make our way back around there. Let's start uh, back to the take it back to the beginning for you, which is in the, the rich state. Uh, rich soccer state, rather, of, of New Jersey. Talk a little bit about growing up in, uh, do I say Lawrenceville? Yeah, you got it. I, I, I yeah. say Mercer County, right? Like, would you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, Mer 
Mercer County is like the hub of the yeah, like New Jersey soccer, I think. And yeah. Yeah, that's where my dad grew up. And yeah, so I, you know, I come from a family that's a big soccer family. Uh, my grandfather was an All-American at Ryder University, you know, in Mercer County in Lawrenceville, which is ends up, you know, being a mile away from uh, my home. Now, you know, my parents home now. Um, my dad played at Old Dominion and uh, Ryder as well. So soccer has always been, you know, in my blood. Um, so I guess we could fast forward to, you know, playing uh, academy at NJSA. Uh, I was coached under Tab Ramos at the time. So that was, you know, it's a pretty special thing, you know, to have a, a, a somebody that you grew up, you know, watching at the the Metro Stars. Um, that was, you know, our local, our local MLS team at the time. Um, so it was pretty cool to play, you know, under him, learn from him. And, uh, and I think he was pretty instrumental in, you know, me, being where I am today. Uh, he was the one who kind of, you know, everybody's a forward, right? In the beginning of their careers up until a certain age and you get pushed back. But I remember having a talk with him and he's saying that, you know, I think right back is your position. Never played there before. I was, you know, always, always a number nine or a number 10 and, you know, 14, 15, 16 growing up. But, you know, around 16, he uh, pushed me back to right back. I think that was the best decision, you know, he made for me and I made for myself as well. Well, well, you know, Tab has a special place in my heart. Um, you know, you watched him at the Metro Stars. I watched him in the 94 World Cup. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, when I met him, I told him, I think I think I told him I cried when he got elbowed in the face and, and broke his yeah. face. And, and he was he was like, that's a weird thing to tell another grown man. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, that's the typical, you know, I played with guys from New Jersey my whole life. You know, shout out to guys that have been on this uh, podcast from there, you know, specifically Aleko Eskandarian. And I feel like every time I meet someone from New Jersey that I have like a bond with them, uh, just to like start talking trash, just cause like, that's, uh, you guys are, you guys are good people. And, uh, there's a lot of history there that you, you live up to and you, you've embraced in, uh, in, in your childhood, it sounds like. Yeah. You know, New Jersey, we could, we could take it, but we can dish it out as well. You know, we got a little bit of grit to us. So yeah, I'm always open for that. Well, well, you mentioned your your grandfather playing. Um, you know, I always joke around and say most guys that played soccer when they go to their hometown, they say, "Oh, that's you know, that's Jake. He's the mayor of, uh, you know, he's the mayor of Mercer County." But in your family, you actually had a mayor, right? Growing up, your your grandfather yeah. was the mayor of the town. Yeah, that same grandfather. You know, he he lived his whole life in Lawrence. He was a uh, mayor for for sixteen years, which is you know pretty pretty cool uh to have that so he's um he's pretty well known in our in our town yeah yeah i bet i bet you had to be a straight edge guy you know and i think your dad's a judge so it's like uh you know poor, poor jake's got to be behave all the time because he's got yeah, people yeah. looking at it oh yeah i know going going to high school in lawrence was uh everybody knew the Norwinsky name just from you know my grandfather my dad you know he's still he still works there. He's the city manager now. So he's been, he just does a little bit of everything, you know, around the town. All right. Well, you, you kind of, you, you stole my thunder and that they, you know, everyone played soccer. I know you have a sister that also went to college and played soccer. Yeah. Um, was it always, was it always soccer for you or, you know, you're very, uh, you're a very athletic guy. I mean, did you play any other sports or was it always just, uh, you know, a, a one, a one sport guy? Yeah. Growing up, I, I played baseball uh, and basketball up until, my sophomore year of high school, then I decided to just, you know, solely focus on, uh, on soccer. But um, a little, little fun fact is that my, I was one game away from going to the Lily world series when I was 12 years old. 
And it's still, you know, it still kind of gets to me a little bit that I, I couldn't quite get there. We were, we lost by two runs. It's just, yeah, that's my little tidbit. Yeah. That would have been your, your, your shot at glory. Would you have stuck with baseball if you had made it to the, to the world series? Who knows, right? Who knows? What if I hit a home run or two? You never know what would have happened. All right. All right. Well, you kind of, uh, you talked about it. You started off in rec like most, and then I, you know, you made the transition to, um, NJSA real, real creative name there, uh, for, for you, you Jersey guys. Um, but, uh, we talked a little bit about tab and, and how he kind of started transitioning you back. But, um, before all that, I mean, did you, did you know at a young age that, that soccer was, you know, you wanted to be a, you know, was it, I want to go to college and play or I want to go, uh, I want to be a pro. Like what, what was your mindset growing up? Was it just about having fun or, or was it, you know, let's see how far I can ride this thing. Yeah. You know, I think it was, it was always trying to, you know, get to college to play to college, you know, get a scholarship and, you know, experience that. Um, to be, to be honest, I, I didn't think about playing professionally until probably my end of my junior year in college. So growing up, that was never really the plan for me. Um, Obviously, I would have loved it if it, you know, if that that was the case. I was never really, you know, the best player on my team, on my academy team. So it was just, yeah, to to see how far I can go. And I, at the time, I thought that was only, you know, getting a, a scholarship to a to at least a D one school. Okay. Well, before we get to college and and the career you had, um, you know, talk a little bit about your family has a history at. Uh, Notre Dame High School, which that threw me for a loop, you know, preparing for this. But I joke around like it was harder for me to figure out who that Tab Ramos was your coach than your high school coach. It was more more media. And, and, and you know, that might be the most talked about thing of, of your past was just your your college coach and uh, your family playing for, for this guy. Talk to us a little bit about uh, about Notre Dame. Yeah. So my so my dad had the same high school coach as me. So we, this guy has been around forever. He actually just recently retired. He's a, you know, Mercer County, New Jersey soccer, high school soccer legend. So it was pretty special to, uh, you know, to be coached by the same guy that coached my dad in high school. That's awesome. And I think your uncle yeah. went there too, right? Your uncle was? Yes. There. My uncle was, um, it was his, so that was the coach's first season with my uncle's uh, first year. And, and do, does your uncle and your dad, do they take credit for all your success? Oh, a little bit. My dad does. My so my uncle is a season ticket holder for the union. So okay. we, you know, he's a big big soccer guy. But um, yeah, he's he's a diehard union fan. He's he's probably ruined my night or two, you know, with the things those guys yell at you. Um, you know, you know what that's like. So that's pretty cool. Um, you you would never guess that he would be yelling that kind of stuff though if you met him. Very no, very sure, mild tempered guy. I'm sure all Philly and and. Boston fans say that you know <laughs> there's a reason yeah, that they have home field true. advantage. So, yeah. um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about your high school and looking at your story. Um, we had a very similar uh, path in that I was I was a pretty small kid, um, you know, for the first couple of years of high school, and uh, I really felt like that helped me develop my feet. And then um, it sounds like you had the same thing where you grew. I think your junior year, you had some growing pains, but when you came out of it, you were super athletic and super fast. I was just goofy. Um, but, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, maturing and, and, and high school and, you know, you, you broke the record for goal scored. So you obviously had some success. You were a captain. So that was uh, fun. But, you know, what do you remember most about your high school playing days? 
Yeah. So, so first off, my freshman year, I don't know what you were like. So, my freshman year, I was 5'1, 95 pounds. Yeah. You had <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I was, I was tiny. So, it, yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, I, you know, playing varsity your freshman year, you're a little guy. You have to, you know, rely on being kind of smart, being good with your feet. Um, but I, you know, I also made sure I still had a little bit of bite to me as well. Um, but then, yeah, after that, I, I shot up, um, kind of, hurt me in a in a way in the beginning of my junior year trying to find schools because I was injured so much um you know I had the, the knee the Asha slaughters you know, I'm sure everybody kind of dealt with that at some point but you know I had bad really bad groin so you know going from from having a lot of success to high school and then going into your academy season where you're hurt most of the year you know most college coaches are looking at what you're doing for your club um so I wasn't necessarily being heavily recruited at all um i was offered a scholarship from Ryder and fairfield university and that was it uh so that was that was something where i was deciding on those two schools up until my senior year uh, and and yukon kind of came out of nowhere where i knew a friend that was going there that committed there um ethan decker he's you know he plays in the usl now great guy uh, his dad kind of mentioned to Ray Reed that, yeah, this guy doesn't really have a place to play. He's a good player. He hasn't really been seen. So I get a call one day from Ray saying, we have a roster spot for you. Do you want to take it? So I hang up the phone and I, you know, I talk to my parents and I say, you know, this is, there's no scholarship here. Like I, I know that at the time, like I wanted to save money for my parents because I, you know, I, that's what I wanted to give back to them for everything that they've done for me throughout my, you know, youth career, because that traveling's crazy. And I'm sure like, you know that, um, but you know, my mom and dad both sat down and said, if, if you want to go for it, go for it and make the most of it. So I called him back the next day and I committed with a, with a roster spot. Yeah. And that, that had to be pretty, um, you know, as a young guy, you know, you don't really know what college is about and, and you, you don't really know how well you're going to fit in at the time. Um, you know, UConn's always had a great program, but I, if I'm correct, that was that was like the heyday, right? I mean, it was one of the heydays where they were like yeah. number one, perennially number one in the nation. Um, I know Andre Blake was probably there, there right before you. I know Kyle yeah. Laren was there. Um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big soccer school. You had to be somewhat nervous going in um, as a kind of a, a non-scholarship freshman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, like you said, they were number one ending the cut, you know, after the year coming into the preseason pull at number one, uh, they were coming off of three straight elite eight, you know, appearances. Um, I actually lived with Kyle there in my, my first two years. So he's, it was, it's pretty cool to, you know, be able to play with him and, you know, call him a friend. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was pretty intimidating. And the one thing my dad said, you know, to me going into that preseason was just be the fittest guy on that team just do everything that you can right now to come in because you know the first in college the first thing is always the fitness test and that's always like kind of starts you off so we did the the yo-yo test I, I killed it like I crushed it I beat everybody all the seniors by you know six seven runs um, and I think that like immediately kind of gave me a little bit of credibility as in like all right this guy's here you know he's not just he's not just here and he's not just happy to be here he wants to do something so I, you know, I appreciated that advice from my dad um, and it, it worked out. Yeah. T 
for the, those that don't know, and, and I'm, I'm, I think I know what the yo-yo test is. I don't think I've the ever beep heard test. Of it. Yeah. Okay, beep test. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I to make Same, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to, you know, I think yo-yo test is a lot cooler. I, I might start saying that. Um, Sounds nice, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, that is great advice, and and I, I think it's, uh, it's shocking to me how many you know people just don't prepare even at the pro level. Um, you know, where guys just come in out of shape and, um. You know, that that's I think everyone that uh, that has made it to the pro level has probably played with someone that was better than them or, you know, equally talented, but just didn't couldn't make the commitment to put the work in. And, and it sounds like, uh, you know, your dad gave you really good advice. You, you had, um, you know, your first year, you guys uh, you come in and you end up becoming the starter by the end of the year. I think y'all had like a pretty crazy run. I, I know y'all beat UCLA and in UCLA. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a, a big win for you as a freshman. Um, you eventually, you know, same thing, right? You you become a captain. You become a regular. Did you always start? You, you played defense the whole time. I know you came in kind of as a, a goal scorer out of high school, but it sounds like yeah. you, were, you were pretty committed to defense at that point. Yeah, I was. Yeah, Ray Reed was not moving me up. We had, you know, Kyle Laren at the time, and I feel like I didn't have enough. I didn't have a leg to stand on with that one. So I'm glad he stayed up top and I stayed at right back. And so when we started having success there. I mean, did you, was it okay? I'm, I'm fitting in, I'm, I'm doing well. Like did, did it start becoming, you know, you see some of these other guys you go to school with, I think, um, you know, I think you might've been the 35th guy to sign a MLS contract out of UConn, something along those lines, yeah. um, which I was the 35th guy to sign out of my college, little, there little connection, connection there. Nice. But, um, but it's, it's curious. I'm just curious as, to what your mindset was like, or, Hey, I'm having success. Like I'm going to go to MLS or, or was that really just, you know, I'm, I'm focused more on, on my studies and, and playing ball for the, for the school. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, until my senior year, I didn't really think that it was a possibility. Um, you know, I, I had success my freshman, sophomore and junior year. Um, you know, I was maybe one of the top five guys on our team. I was never like, you know, it was like, Oh, it's Jake, you know, this is Jake's team. It, it wasn't like that. Um, I always kind of just tried to be a leader and keep my head down and, and, and work as hard as I possibly could. But, um, you know, going into my senior year, I don't know if you like, have you heard of top drawer soccer? Yeah. Like, you know, they always do the, the preseason rankings for like the top 10 defenders, midfielders and forwards, and you take it however you want it. But, you know, like going to my senior year, I was out of like, I was shocked to see myself on the top 10, for like the watch list of defenders. So at that point I was like, Oh, maybe, you know, people are noticing me and maybe there is a, you know, there's a chance. Um, you know, I had good talks with, with my coach, uh, Ray Reed, and he was, he was somebody that always supported me and, you know, always wanted to, you know, see me succeed. And, and he was honestly a great coach to me. Um, so that was, you know, going into the senior year, we, we honestly didn't have a great year, my senior year, unfortunately. Uh, but I was, you know, invited to the combine and, and the same kind of thing was, you know, my dad going back to my freshman year, he was like, you know, be the fittest. And he was like, he told me, make sure, you know, I know I'm an athletic guy. I'm not some guy who's going to be dribbling and, you know, being flashy and all that. But when you do those three tests for the combine, just be in the top three for everything. And if you could do that, I think, you know, people will start looking at you just purely off in athleticism and then they could see how you play and 
you know, I, I was able to do that. And I was able to, you know, finish top three in those three, you know, categories that, you know, they used to do. And uh, I started getting a lot of um, meetings with, with clubs, with, you know, MLS teams. It was, I think I met with almost every single team, just purely probably because they didn't know, they had no idea who I was. So, so it was, think, it was, it was pretty cool. I think you're being a, a, a little humble there, which I, I, I love, um, you know, before we get to those tests, uh, I, I think you, did you graduate with a degree in history? Uh, yes. History uh, and, and political science. Yeah. And you're, you're cum laude, right? That's yeah. Yeah. Yep. Congrats. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then, and then I saw you, 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 are you a Spanish speaker? You're in the Spanish honor society. Does that mean you have to speak Spanish? To be oh, in don't. <laughs> Don't make me speak Spanish right now. No, you can <laughs> no say kidding. it to me. I, I I understand it, but I don't listen. I'm the uh, I could, yeah, like I could. I understand it. I could, you know, somewhat speak it, but uh, not not to any extent where it's you know fluent or having no, fluent conversations. I thought that was cool. I, I think that, yeah. you know, that they're now making guys on both sides. The league is you know predominantly uh, you know English and Spanish speaking. So I think it's good to. You know, it's got to be great for you to be able to communicate with with guys, or at least know yeah. what they're saying about you behind your back. Um, exactly. <laughs> cool. well, no, so you talked about the combine; it was out in Los Angeles. Um, yep. You had the 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 speed and agility, which is code for quickness, and then power, uh, which is code for jumping. For those that don't know, and and you were right. the only guy, I think, in the top three. So obviously, uh, obviously, that was important. I'm sure you played well as well. To, um, you know, to to get all those interviews. Um, yeah. I saw some interesting things where you weren't really expecting to go in the, you know, the first round, but you were, you were taken seventh by uh, Vancouver. Talk me yeah. through um, what was going on, you know, the build up to it and, and then finding out and, and what were your emotions were when you realized, like, I always imagine like, you're like, I'm going to Vancouver. Like where's Vancouver? <laughs> like, one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that so the night leading up to the draft was um, was pretty wild, to be honest. It was I, I was talking to my agent. You know, he'd call me every two, three hours through the night. Um, so I, if I can give you like a somewhat of a timeline. So it was like, you know, he'd call me at 8 p.m. and he'd be like, ah, yeah, you know what? Listen, I you might go in the fourth round. Like, that's what I'm hearing right now. So, you know, maybe you don't go to the draft. You know, you don't have to go to the, you know, the actual draft. And I was like, OK, all right. And then he called me at like 11 p.m. He's like, all right, uh, now, now I'm here potentially second, third round. He's like, you know, do you, he's like, you know, maybe, maybe we go now. And it was, I think at like 2.30, he kept calling me. Like it, I, just, I was leaving my buzzer on loud, my phone on loud. At 2.30, he calls me and he goes, do you have a suit? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do have a suit. Yeah, I brought one just in case. He's like, all right, I, I think first or second round for you. And that's, that's what I'm hearing. So get some sleep. And I was like, oh, get some sleep now. Okay. After two 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, we get to the draft day, um, about 10 seconds before, uh, they called my name, my agent just tapped me on the shoulder and said, this is you. And so I, you know, hear my name. This is probably one of, you know, the coolest moments of one of the coolest moments of my career to start my career. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Did you know anything about uh, Vancouver or, or, you know, anything about, I mean, was it just kind of a, obviously you're excited and you're thrilled, but um, what were, what was your next step, step, uh, set of emotions? I, I didn't know a single thing. <laughs> I, the only thing I knew, so going back to my uncle, who's a season ticket holder at Union, I went to a game with him against Vancouver 
and Kakuta Mane scored a hat trick. And that is the only thing I know about Vancouver, you know, Vancouver Whitecaps. And I knew that it was also the furthest place I could have possibly been drafted to from New Jersey. That's right. That's what I say. People yeah. say, oh, I've got to go across the country. And I say, eh, it's not actually this country. You're going to Canada. Yeah. So, exactly. Terrible dad joke on taxes. But <laughs> I'll save you from that one. Um, let's talk about your first year. Actually, didn't didn't you have to go like immediately to Wales? Like, or yeah, within like, two days. So like two days we went to Wales for preseason. Yeah, and you're it was like wild. I'm gonna go the opposite way. Um, okay. Well, well, talk to me about your first year. You had a, um, you know, as is the case with a lot of college guys, um, you come in pretty good shape and you're ready to go. Um, but you you were able to sustain that success in your first year. Um, you know, y'all, I think, you know, if I remember correctly, y'all had a pretty good playoff run that year, right? And you were, you played all those games and, yeah. um, you know, what, what were, what were your expectations? Did you exceed them? You know, uh, talk to me a little bit about year one. Yeah, I had a great conversation with um, Carl Robinson at the time. He was, he was somebody that, you know, always was outspoken about playing young players, playing, you know, rookies. So he said that, you know, when you get your chance, just take it because you will get a chance. Um, so, you know, fortunately I was able to, uh, about maybe halfway through the season. Um, and I, you know, kept that starting spot. I was, you know, I was able to, you know, get a few assists, um, which was great to be an attacking right back. That's kind of what I wanted to be, you know, in my career. Um, and then, yeah, we, we kind of, we had a great year, my first year. Um, I think going into the last day we played Portland, we were first in the Western conference. We ended up losing and finished third. Uh, and then we had to we had to go to Seattle and play against them in the semifinals in front of 72,000 fans, which was just something so surreal. Um, I actually ended up uh, tearing my hamstring about 35 minutes in. So that was that was cut short, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it's something that I will not forget. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, Seattle, is, if you could really only go to a you know, one or two cities, it's definitely on my short list just for those, you know, for those moments where, um, you know, they're, they're great. They put a great product out and, um, you know, I know you participating in that, um, you know, that Northwest rivalry with, with the teams up there, that had to be a lot of fun for you. Um, talk to me a little bit about the, you know, you have success that first year, who, who was, uh, like who helped you out? I, I used to ask who, who made it hard. And I think that's kind of, that's, that's tough on guys, but you know, did, was there anyone that, you know, Carl helped you out as a coach? Um, did anyone else take you under their wing? Um, you know, now that you are considered a veteran at 28, uh, taking guys under your wing, you know, who, who was yeah. your, who was your help helper of the first year? Yeah, it was, it was Tim Parker, who is, uh, you know, my, my teammate now, which is, you know, pretty cool to, uh, have that come back around, you know, play together my, my first year. And then, you know, we meet up again uh, six years later. Uh, but he is, you know, he's somebody that, you know, he's a New York guy. So we kind of bonded over, you know, being just East Coast, um, you know, close to each other and kind of having the same kind of mentality and stuff like that. And he helped me, helped me a lot, just kind of get used to the lifestyle, um, you know, made sure that I was, you know, never like alone too much. You know, I was hanging out with the guides, um, you know, really brought me into the team. So, you know, I, I, I owe a lot to him and uh, it's pretty, you know, pretty cool that I get to play alongside him now again. And if I asked him who was a better dresser of you two, who would he say? Oh, I mean, he, he fancies himself, but I think you he, got it. 
he does fancy himself. He can have like he can say he can have it if he wants it, but I think I think we know. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll let the fans decide on that one. Um, talk uh, to me a little bit about so you, you know, Vancouver. When I think of Vancouver, I just it's there's you know, so many so much turnover is is kind of and you live through yeah. that, right? I mean, I think when you left, you were like the most tenured, you know, one like you have like records for you know, games played, you're like in the top two or three of you know yeah. for that club. Um, talk to me a little bit about like the coaching turnover and the player turnover and just kind of what that was like and, and what that did for you, you know, maybe positive and negative if it's possible. Yeah, I mean I had, I had four coaches in six years. So I mean it, it was it was a lot. And each coach, you know, obviously wanted their own, you know, their own type of players, their own guys to bring in. Um, so it was really just me and Russell Tybert that stuck through since my first year. Um, at one point, I think even my third season, I, it was, it was still me and Rusty that were the only two from my first season. So in two years, everyone was gone and it was a whole new, you know, batch of players coming through. So it, it was difficult. And, you know, obviously we didn't have the success that, you know, I wanted or the club wanted in those years. So, you know, it was kind of a grind and, you know, for me personally, I was playing in a lot of different positions, too, throughout the years. Um, you know, I played a lot of left back, a lot of left center back, right center back. So, you know, it was, it was something where I was, you know, happy to be playing because I wanted to play, but I wasn't playing in my preferred position. So it was always kind of a little, you know, more difficult in a way. Yeah, and I, I've seen um, seen some of the quotes, you know, for some of those periods where, yeah, you know, you were – uh, either, you know, benched or maybe sent down uh, for, I think, a game or two. And I feel like yeah. you're very, you know, you're a humble guy. You're very hard on yourself, maybe a little too much. But um, we, we opened this podcast talking about um, a year that, you know, sometimes you have these years where everything goes your way, right? And, and maybe, hopefully, knock on wood, we're in one of those now. Um, I'd have to imagine there were a couple years there where you're thinking everything's going against you. And um, and COVID year was especially one of those but there was such a cool story uh in your life and that that was you know the you know the marriage and and your your girlfriend slash fiance slash now wife uh talk yeah. to talk to the fans and people that are listening um because your your marriage story you know if it weren't for COVID I'm not saying your marriage story wouldn't be cool but it's definitely much <laughs> cooler to someone like me um, then, you know, Hey, we had a destination wedding in the off season and we got married. Yeah. Um, you know, tell, tell everyone about that, that process. Yeah. It's, it's cool to tell the story now at the time it was, um, it was pretty stressful and, and a lot, but, uh, yeah, I'll try to keep it somewhat short. So yeah, during COVID, you know, my wife, now my girlfriend at the time was, you know, in, she was in Vancouver with me. She's from Pennsylvania originally. So we had to go to that MLS is back tournament you know, at, you know, in the summer to get games in. And uh, my wife decided to go home because she didn't want to be, you know, in another country, you know, 3000 miles away from her family as well. So she flew home to Pennsylvania. Um, and upon, you know, us, re me returning, and then, you know, my wife, Allie came back the next day to come in and, you know, the white caps, you know, assured us like, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to, She's, she'll be fine to get in because we weren't married at the time. And the rules at the time where you need to be a family member to be allowed back into Canada. It was a, it was a whole mess. So she gets to, to customs and they, they actually detain her, 
they say no you cannot she's she's five foot one she's like this little like sweet girl like <laughs> being detained by seven you know officers being taken out of the country technically and she had to uh, get on a next flight to Seattle and fly back home to Pennsylvania so we didn't know how long COVID was going to last nobody did at the time so we were engaged at the time and we were planning on getting married in December like most you know MLS players <laughs> I think everybody's probably got a similar uh wedding date yep. uh, so we didn't know when the next time we'd be able to see each other and we were trying to figure things out make things work and my mother-in-law came across this article that showed there's a a park it's called Peace Arch Park that is halfway in Canada and halfway in the U.S. so on the border of like Vancouver and um and Washington so it was it, it was like this neutral land where people could come and meet up and spend time with their loved ones in a different country that, are, that can't you know come together so nothing was enforced there were you know officers there and all that and and we we're like well maybe we should just see if we can get married there so I ended up calling the county office in the U.S. there getting a you know a marriage certificate all ready to go um my dad was a judge at the time, so he was going to do the ceremony. We got a notary and and all that. So, you know, I drive down the border, got to the park, you know, on my own. My, you know, my wife and my family, my parents, sister and her parents are there. And we do this little ceremony and uh, we end up getting married. And I go back over the border, hop over the little road. And she walks, <laughs> she walks down into customs in her white dress with a suitcase. And goes and tells them, you know, I just got married, so I can come in. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's how we were reunited and married. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And and for those, I encourage uh, those listening to. There's a photo he has online on. Uh, I think it's probably on both your, uh, your Twitter and Instagram. But it's an awesome yeah. photo of you guys um, in that spot. So I think that's awesome. You know, maybe, uh, yeah. you know, maybe other people don't. You know, they'd see the the stress of it. I think it's a really cool story and something you can uh, tell your kids about. So um, let's go back to soccer. Oh, we'll stay in Vancouver because um, Vancouver was my favorite city to go visit. I obviously never went there when it was freezing cold um, and I don't like cold, but uh, Vancouver has like one of the highest qualities of life in the world, not just Canada or the U.S. Um, I'm pretty sure yoga pants were invented there, which I think everyone would agree benefits society. Um, but what, you know, all joking aside, what, what makes that place so special and um, what are you going to remember most about your time um, in, in Vancouver? Yeah, it was, it's just, it's beautiful. It has, you know, it has the mountains, it has the city, it's got the water, um, you know, they have beaches within the city. There's always something to do. Um, you know, it, it's clean, it's safe. It's, it's something that, you know, it's my wife's favorite place. <laughs> you know, it was, it was obviously tough for us to leave, but you know, it's somewhere that will always feel like home to us because we spent a while there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, there's that, my, my wife's favorite, she said her favorite spot in the world. She hasn't really traveled the world yet, but we'll, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, we'll no get there though. No I, I promise I, I told her we'll get there eventually, but <laughs> she said the seawall that goes around the city, uh, it's like a little walkway that goes all the way around the city into the um, little path. And it's just, um, it's incredible. Okay. Well, before yeah. we, before we move to um, 
you know, where you're at now, uh, I do want to highlight you, you won an award there called the, the Jock McDonald, um, award. And that was kind of for your work off the field. Um, I, I believe that award was named after a former kit man for the Canadian national team. Um, I hope I got that right. Cause I know there's another yeah. artist named Jock McDonald, but I just can't <laughs> see the title. Um, but I know you did a lot of work with uh, children's hospitals and you work with an organization called hope and health. Um, can you just talk a little bit, if you want to talk about hope and health, um, please do, but just talk a little bit about, um, what it, you know, why are you so giving with your time off the field? Yeah. So when I, um, first drafted, you know, I had another conversation before I left with my parents and they kind of sat me down and, and told me that, you know, to, to use my platform for good, to give back to, you know, the community that you're in because it's so important to, and you have that, you know, a great opportunity to do that while being a professional soccer player. So I, you know, I took that to heart and I made sure, you know, to make the most of that. And, you know, the first thing we went to a, a team visit to the children's hospital and I kind of just, you know, fell in love with that experience and, you know, talking to these kids and their families and just trying to give them a little bit of a, you know, re release from the real world. So what I did with, with that was I, um, I bought season, four season tickets for Vancouver and I, I gave them each match, each home match I gave to a family at the children's hospital to, to come out to the game. And, you know, I thought that's, you know, the least I could possibly do just, you know, for them to kind of get away for a bit and enjoy something and have fun and then bring them onto the field after, you know, take pictures, meet some of the guys. Um, so that was really special. And Another thing that I became involved with was Hope and Health, and that's, you know, to build up the Indigenous youth in, um, you know, throughout BC and, and Canada. And that was, you know, something I became really friendly with um, the founders, which was, you know, Ed Georgica, who worked with the club at the time. Uh, and we would go and have, um, we would do like soccer camps with them, you know, give them cleats, give them soccer balls, give them an outlet, you know, to to be safe and to enjoy and to give them an opportunity that they, you know, wouldn't have otherwise. And I was, you know, fortunate enough to be a part of that for my, my entire time in Vancouver from my rookie year until I left. Um, so that was something really special to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, um, you know, you also focus on mental health. I know, I believe your sister's um, involved in, in mental health um, awareness yep. and helping. So um, sounds like you've got a, a very good family and, and that's really cool that they've, uh, you know, are part of helping ground you. And, and, you know, I think at any time you, you win an award like that, it's, it's, a it just shows that, you know, there's, there's, there's guys out there that really care and are trying to make a difference. So um, let's talk about how it ended, right. Um, uh, you, you decide um, whether, whether you decide or the team decides it's time to make a move. Um, you know, how did, how did it come about that, you know, you found out you were leaving and, and, you know, what, what role did you play in, in figuring out how to get to St. Louis? Yeah. So, you know, after the season ended, uh, I didn't have too much contact with the club and, you know, five years prior, I was, you know, I had a good relationship with kind of everybody in the club, the scoring director, the coach, it was, you know, it felt right. And this off season, I kind of had an inkling that I probably wouldn't be here, you know, be there again. Um, so, you know, at the time when the, dead, the deadline hit, my option was declined. And I, you know, I, I was already looking at other clubs. You know, I was looking at 
other right backs, you know, to see what teams need right backs. And that's kind of what you just generally do. Um, and, you know, I, I came across St. Louis. Um, I, I saw everything that was being built here. Uh, I saw, you know, what the playing style that Lutz and Brad wanted. And I just thought that this could really be a place for me to, you know, excel because I think that um, really brings out my attribute, my best attributes. Um, and, and I thought it would always be pretty cool to be a part of an expansion club because all of that hype, all that excitement and St. Louis has, you know, surpassed my expectations of that uh, twofold. So it's, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's expansion clubs uh, in theory are really exciting. It just depends on, you know, in this game, it's all about results. Right. But um, what about your family was I'd imagine moving. um, I think you'd had your child at that point. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's Canadian. (laughs) So so moving, moving with a brand new babies. uh, I've done that before. And and my wife to this day will never let me forget that. Um, You know, that had to be, it had to be exciting. And, uh, and kind of stressful at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously at that point, you have to put into consideration not just you and your career, but what's best for my family. And, uh, you know, I, there was other clubs that I was interested in and, you know, they were interested in me, but it, it just didn't feel like that would be the best situation for my wife and my daughter. Uh, so, you know, we, we spoke about St. Louis. It's a nice two-hour flight from New Jersey quick, you know, quick flight. So that kind of like, you know, that made sense as well because getting to Vancouver from New Jersey was an absolute nightmare. Um, you know, it's, it's always tough to travel, you know, across the border and have to deal with customs and all that. So, you know, the setup here, um, yeah, it, it made sense. And my wife was on board and I was, you know, fortunate enough for them to want me as well. So it, it, it worked out. Yeah. And let's talk about this expectations coming in, right? Like, I don't mean what your expectations were. I mean, um, you know, what was the internal messaging? Because you've never been a part of uh, an expansion team. And, and probably most of those guys there hadn't either, uh, whether they're coaches or staff or, um, you know, what was the what was the messaging? I mean, was it, hey, guys, we're we're going in this year to make the playoffs? Is it, hey, we're playing for MLS Cup? I mean, what what were what were you hearing early on? And if, and if you don't feel like I need to be brought in the locker room and we don't, that's fine too, yeah. but just kind of, you know, people are fascinated with what's going on there. Um, you know, just talk, you know, whatever you can share, bring us in a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so when, when I first got there, the, it, you know, Brad and Lutz didn't come out, you know, the gun, you know, come out of the gate going, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to, you know, go for the MLS cup. It was, it was more of, we're going to get our style of play down. We're going to get our principles down. And if we do that, we're going to be successful. We're going to take it one game at a time. And I, I, I really appreciated that from Brad, you know, him, the way he speaks, the way he speaks to us and his mentality, it was all, it all just made sense for me. I was like, all right, I think, you know, I'm in the right spot here because the mentality, you know, around the club, the players, the, you know, the staff, it was all, it all was right. So it wasn't, you know, there wasn't, we weren't putting too much pressure on ourselves or putting too high of expectations. It was just a matter of, we need to believe in the system that we want to play. And if we do that, we're going to be successful. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I think at first you didn't get the credit y'all deserve with the Austin game. And I think, I think, you know, you've had some, some games this year where it's been some comical errors on the defensive side on the other team. Um, but that doesn't take away from the work y'all are put. I mean, like someone's like, oh, they had a 
you know, a guy passed it backwards. They, they scored, they scored three goals. You know, they, they still yeah. scored three goals in both those games. And then, you know, another one happens like they're still winning on the road. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, people are like, wow, this team really is opening eyes. And, you know, we talked about you were used to turnover in Vancouver. Um, you know, as an MLS fan, I, I know probably most of these names better than most people. And I, I was, I looked at the roster and I was like, I don't know who a lot of these guys are. And um, they're, y'all are good. Like these guys, they, they did their homework. They got some really good players. I'd have to imagine that the expectation from, you know, let's take it a game at a time. And it's still early. There's a lot of soccer left. And, and you know, I, I'm not a jinx person, you know, but um, I do believe that you guys all go from the conversation of like, hey, let's just have a good expansion year, figuring out how to play to. I almost feel like now I'm expecting y'all to be in the playoffs and maybe that's premature, but I, I would have to imagine in the locker room. It's like, we've beaten some pretty good teams. We've won on the road. Um, you know, we've played, we've played some really good MLS teams already and held our own. I'd have to imagine y'all's expectations have morphed a little bit to we're expected to win a lot of these games now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, you start you started season five and oh, and you're playing well, you have a, you know, 15 goals for and four against at the time. Like that is something that you can't, you know, dispute. Um, but, you know, going back even to, to preseason, you know, the first, you know, two weeks we're training and I'm like, I mean, these guys are, these guys are good. Like we have a good team. Like we have a, a group of guys that, you know, have the skill, have the work ethic and they don't have the ego. And it's, it's something that was like really refreshing to see and to play with. So it, it was pretty, I knew from the beginning that, I think we could be something good. And, you know, we had really um, strong preseason performances. Uh, you know, we still had obviously all the analysts saying we're going to finish last and that's fine and all that, but they didn't see the work that, you know, we put in for those six weeks in preseason and, you know, to come out and, you know, beat Austin away and then beat Portland away. Like those are two really tough places to go in and win, especially as a first year team. So I think that kind of proved a lot, you know, as well. And, and now, yeah, there, there is an expectation now and we hope that, you know, we can, you know, continue our success. Yeah. Let's talk, let's end it on you. Um, you know, what's, what's next? Like, what are your big goals? Um, we joke about you being, you know, the old guy at 28, but um, you know, what, what, what would you like to see next? Whether that's um, individually you know, accolades wise, team wise, or, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you have a great year here with the way you play right. National team coach is that, you know, is that on your radar as well? Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing for me is, is uh, longevity. I, I want to be able to play for a while. You know, I, I don't want, cause, cause I know guys like me, they can sometimes go under the radar where no, you're not really known too well. And, and I'm, I'm okay with that, but I think that, you know, that happened in Vancouver, uh, you know, it's, it's a place where it doesn't get much, you know, media attention where you're not, not that many people are watching games and it, you know, it is what it is. We're up, you know, up in the, up in the corner. So it's, it's something that, you know, I, I was hoping that I can play, you know, for a long time, um, have a nice long career and, you know, play games as well. So it, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Anything else that comes, you know, I'm continuing to work hard and, you know, per, perfect my craft, uh, you know, trying different things every day after training to, you know, keep getting better. And uh, yeah, that, that's really where I'm at right now. Well, that's awesome. Well, 
Um, you know, I kind of hinted at you had a social media presence. Uh, I'm a fan of guys that aren't afraid to, um, you know, stand by their, their opinions. You, you've done that. You've got family photos, you know, the occasional photo of your abs. Um, you know, I, I would encourage those listening. If you've enjoyed this, please go give him a follow on uh, all the, all the platforms that he's on. Um, listen, you play an exciting brand of soccer. You know, you bring that attacking element to the defensive position, which, I, I was never able to do so. I, I appreciate it when other guys can. Um, I really just want to thank you for your time today and, and telling your, you know, the people about your journey and your story so far. And you've made a fan out of me. And I know the other people listening uh, will have nothing but support for you on the rest of your journey. So that is Jake Nerwinski, everybody. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at mlsplayers.org.